0: Welcome to our Snippets podcast. I'm Leon Gorin, CEO and President of PO Leadership, North America's premier peer to peer network and leadership advisory firm. Today, we welcome Bill McGinnis, CEO of Northern Insulation, GNI for short, and a member of Michael Kehoe's advisory team at PEO. GNI services homeowners and industry professionals in the residential, commercial, industrial, and agricultural sectors, offering solutions that include insulation, air sealing, fireproofing, panel and cladding, and and a lot more. They operate throughout Ontario with eight locations and over 300 employees. Bill has been a member of PO leadership for a number of years, having recently moved from the big corporate job at Johnson Controls to GNI in September 2020. He's an advisory board member with another PO leadership member, Orbisid, and also a member at pa- board member at Patriot Technologies. For fun, I can also tell you, Bill's a huge cyclist, <laughs> and the winter weather doesn't seem to pull him off the road. The guy is extremely passionate. Bill, it's great to have you with us today. Hey, thanks, Leon. So, uh, the move from a big multinational corporate to a Canadian corporate head office. I know I always have members who are thinking about this. They always think, well, anyway, they, they always, some of them consider the grass is greener on your side now, but, and they always think the move is going to be easy. And so you've been doing this for a number of months and I'm just curious, maybe there's a couple of insights you can share with them, like maybe two or three insights that you would-
1: Yeah. Hey, so I, I grew up in my industry, the multi-industrial space, uh, in, in Canada, it's the biggest curse, but also the biggest benefit. So we have the ability to feed off of products that are out of the US. But the problem I had in my industry, and it's not the same in every industry, is that although I was a significant size in Canada in my industry for my competitors, I was one tenth for all my other American all my American peers. And so what I always got felt like we, we, we prepared just like everybody else would prepare. We had a billion at JCI, we had a billion dollar business. And, um, but when you're preparing and you're spending all that time on it and you get to a meeting, that's significant. Your team spends a week preparing for a board meeting or, a or an SBU president meeting and you, you get treated like new, I keep saying New Hampshire. I hope no one's from New Hampshire takes it personally, but we get treated like a really (laughs) small state in the U S. And so that to me just over, you know, I did this for, I've done this for over, I was from almost 15 years uh, doing this in some way that it just became frustrating for me and my team. It's like I say, it's the biggest per- curse, but the biggest benefit, I would have never had the experiences I had in the big corporate setting, um, international, as well as uh, Canadian based without, <clears throat> without being there. But I, it was, it's kind of funny you say that. So over my career and all my coaching and mentoring I've had before PEO, Guys would say to you, "So, what do you want to do when you grow up?" And I said, and even when I was in the U, working in the U.S. and doing some international jobs, the uh, they would always ask me, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I kind of want to go home and run like a, you know a, a fifty to sixty million dollar business and be the CEO." So I, I I didn't plan it this way; it was a bit serendipitous. <clears throat> I, I actually left JCI thinking that I would I, I probably wanted to go the PE route uh, where I was more of an owner operator, as well as you know I was more connected to my shareholders, which the distance to share the distance when you're running a Canadian business business between what you do and the shareholders also challenging. So having a closer connection to the shareholder, which I thought is what I wanted to do. And I was just started by by consulting in an organization uh, to help them. They were putting together a package to sell and GNI was a portion of the businesses they wanted to sell. And then I got lucky. uh, uh, IronBridge uh, came in to buy GNI and uh, IronBridge uh, is the PE firm that I work for as it's one of their portfolio companies. And I kind of really enjoyed working, you know, in discussions and it wasn't really an interview process, mostly a discussion. And when the purchase happened, um, I kind of became the GNI CEO. I did become the GNI CEO. So that's kind of. Um, the Ben, I would not say that I would give up my 15 years, my almost 20 years at multinationals, but 15 years kind of being in that Canadian entity. I spent five years in the U S where I was m- more HQ, um, that I, I wouldn't give that up because I thought there was great, uh, opportunities and it was great learning and experience. Um, but I think the transition, um, it, it, the transition, and I know a lot of people think it's easy. It's not an easy transition. Yeah. Um, so it is not easy. I, I have a lot of friends that think, "Oh my gosh, you're just running a seventy million dollar business now." You, you know how easy is that? Well, it's it's not easy because you you actually uh, are running everything. <laughs> there's very little. There's a lot less back office support, so it's not easy. But um, it's it it's fun. You get the ability to take everything you've learned and kind of like when you when you grow up. In business, and you know, I, a lot of, a lot of people follow. They go engineering route or business route. I went business route and 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 got my MBA. And then when you get your MBA, you learn how to run big businesses. And so I always say that I say to some of my peers or friends, I got my master's degree in business from Wilford Laurier. I, I got my PhD in business from the multi industrial space. So that's kind of you learn a lot because you yeah. just you drink from the fire hose. And now it's the ability for us to put that, for me to put that into a smaller business. And I'm enjoying that. I'm really, I'm enjoying that.
0: So it's funny you talked about, um, and I've heard this too. It's always when moving from the large organization where you're surrounded with incredible amount of resources um, and smart people too. It's at Johnson Controls, holy smokes, you got incredible people around where then you move into a, a smaller business. The one issue I always hear is about, oh my God, I don't have the same resources. So I'm a man of, or a woman, basically full of trades. Like I am working every aspect of this business. And have you found that like, are are you in gross into every element of the business now?
1: Yeah. So just most of my career was at Honeywell. So my my last four years before I left was JCI, but the same, they're both large multi-industrials. I think the challenge. So I think that what you just said, you have a, you have a support organization in those big businesses that you don't have in a smaller business. That's for sure. But if you're good enough in a smaller business, you can outsource some of that, which we've done. I think the challenging part I had was uh, or is um, is when you're trying to look for um, seat, people to fill seats. So you've got a gap somewhere in the business and you're usually in a larger company, you've got this large uh, group of p- talent portfolio or talent analysis that says, well, this guy's ready for his next role. And you just kind of pick from that and you bring them up into that role. Or move people around that's really the hard part because you're just you're in a smaller business so you, you need people are all doing things that are impacting the customer and so you can't really pull people away because then you can't drive revenue or performance for the customer so that that to me has been the hardest thing is you can't move people around as easily as you could have in a bigger company. What about the
0: fact you joined them that I know you were involved a little bit earlier because you were doing some consulting there but you really came in in the middle of COVID right? <laughs> Yeah. So what's that been like for you? Because you're you're stuck within your home, the four walls. I know part of your business is essential, right? You're going into these locations, you're, but your admin part is not. So I've how how have you been meeting everybody? How are you dealing with your management team and stuff?
1: Biggest challenge. I think that's been the biggest challenge when I talk about. So I look at this as kind of in, in my career, I did a few jobs. That were, I would. I, I got into high growth regions at Honeywell and I went to Brazil, Turkey, Russia, and ran companies where we had to integrate these businesses into our corporate yeah. setting. So I look at this as an integration job. And every integration job I've ever done, I went and spent time live with people across in boardrooms. And we did, we had, you know, what we call war rooms with sticky notes. And those are not, you can't do that anymore. So thank goodness for the te- technology with Teams and Zoom and, and WebEx. Uh, those are all things that have helped us a lot, but it has been uh, a significant challenge because you can't just have it's a lot harder. You can't have water cooler chats. You can't just it's not like you're popping into someone's office and whiteboarding uh, an idea that you want. You have to do this a lot differently. So it's a lot more planned. Um, and I think the first few months were were, cha- were very, very challenging. And I think we found a way. To deal with it, but I, I don't know that we can, uh, I think we we are all looking forward to getting back into an office and, and actually sitting across from the table and working together. It has been definitely a challenge.
0: What about, have you guys been doing any onboarding during the time as well? Like, have you brought new people on in, in your business? And how yeah. does that work?
1: Yeah, so good, so good question. So we do, so the, the funny, the you funny, is you have to split our business. So we have the office folks that are mostly dealing with anyone that can work from home um, was sent home. And then you have the branch business and the branch business is very essential. It's kind of like, you know, running a gas station. So you actually have to be there. The trucks have to be loaded. There's inventory. So the branches have been very little affected. So the locations are everyone's there. So the onboarding that happens in those locations has been very similar. Um, you bring in someone that's going to come in in a, in a junior position to learn how to be a, 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 a foamer and an insulation truck onboarded the same way. The staff, when you talk about bringing in staff from a sales rep perspective or a leadership perspective, uh, that's been a little bit more challenging. So the onboarding has definitely been more challenging because we have, now everyone's remote. There's no one in an office. And so we do a lot more um, computer-based stuff and we're doing a lot more CBT, uh, which is good. And I think that's very, very valuable. Um, But uh, we're also trying to force a cadence in place. We're, We're trying to put in a more, we're calling it a management operating system so we've launched a management operating system where we have regular cadence um, for folks to come in and be part of discussions and, and business discussions. So that's going to help us. But you're right, onboarding is something that we've viewed as a gap for us and we need to fix a bit of a blind spot.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's a blind spot for a lot of people. That's why I was curious on, on how you were handling it because uh, all these companies are dealing with it. You're just unfortunately faced with, you come right in the middle of COVID. So not only do you got to learn your team, work about strategy, and then you got people changes or new people coming on, you got hit on all fronts, essentially, in terms of running that business. So,
1: Yeah, just to add to that, so one of the things we've tried to do, so in 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 an integration job like this, the CEO would go to locations and spend time with the field staff. So I have visited all the locations in a very socially distant, um, and I've been very cautious of having gone to the dispatch time where there's a lot of people there. Because I don't want that to be—that's uh, not what we're supposed to be doing during the pandemic. So we've been doing, been, a, been not doing that. But we've worked really hard on is doing taped town halls. So at Dispatch, what we do is we do a town hall with the leadership team where we'll talk about things mostly through mostly through PowerPoint, some video. Um, but we are also we're also doing that. And we've launched a new mission, vision, values campaign, which has been wow. which has been during the pandemic, which has been great. We've also pulled together two board meetings. It's been 180 days. So we've had two board meetings. Our team's been able to pull that together, which has been the first, you know, first time I've done a board meeting like this where we're all remote. Um, so it's been that's been tricky as well. But the team has really come together. We've had to. There's no real book about this. Um, we all have had to figure out ways to to make this work.
0: Yeah. Bill, it's been great chatting. Thank you for sharing some of that stuff. Like I said, I know we have a lot of members, not even members, I know people in the larger community, everybody's thinking about, you know, those at least that have been career guys, multinational guys, what's it like to jump into the Canadian market to run and spearhead a Canadian company? Plus you've got the experience also working with private equity now, which is also a new dilemma or a different dilemma uh, on dealing with that. So thanks for joining us and sharing some of those insights with us today. If you're interested in any of our live webcasts, The Way Forward, and or other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find on our site various pre- previous recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Professor Janice Stein, Harvard's Rosabeth Cantor, Michael Beer, Robert Chestnut, Dr. Greg Wells, Jason South, Mitchell Gohart, and the list goes on as we cover such topics as mental health leadership, the World Reset, and a host of others. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again shortly.